On this week's full-time roundup, do we have a game of the year in London? Serie A continues to be a two-horse race. Barca leave a late against Alves while Girona continued to surprise. And could this really be Leverkusen's year? We talk all of this and much, much more. Full-time roundup starts right now. Hello, everyone. If you're listening to this right now, you are listening to the full-time roundup. It is Monday around 5.08. Some would call it happy hour, but it is a Monday, so it's not for me or you, Matt. No, but, it's 5 uh, o'clock somewhere. It's it five is 5 o'clock somewhere. somewhere. Rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. But uh, Matt, how are you doing today? Danny, uh, I'm doing okay. A uh, little under the weather again. I feel like that's consistent for me. So you're in the big boy chair to rest my voice and uh, save some energy. But uh, it was a good weekend. We'll get into... Part of the reason why it was a good weekend, and then uh, a nightcap on the ice last night. Rangers uh, taking it home late, so a uh, nice little, nice little way to wrap up a Sunday as they go into a five game, five uh, five day mini, let's call it a bye week. Yep, and uh, unlike you, I actually it was not a horrible sports weekend for me. Um, got the Panthers, like we mentioned on the show, out of the way on Thursday, so I could just enjoy the rest of the weekend and not. Kind of I think swallow. they should do that every week until they start winning. That would just well, be a good public service for everyone that's a Panthers fan. Get it out of the way on Thursday since they know they're going to lose, and then you can enjoy your rest of your weekend. I could not agree more. And that bye week a couple weeks ago was one of the best weekends I've ever had. So, But not that we're talking football. We're going to switch over to the other football. Premier League first, and we got to start with well, maybe definitely the, the game of the week, if not game of the year, City Draw against Chelsea. Matt, I would love to hear your thoughts on this result first. Arguably the game of the year, definitely the game of the week um, across most, if not all the leagues, a absolute thriller at Stamford Bridge, Daniel. Um, part of why I can't speak today is I was losing my voice yelling at the television after every incident that happened. So, uh, you know, part of that back and forth, that tenseness of the game and and Chelsea get an absolutely massive result getting uh, a late late equalizer off a of Cole Palmer PK to, to tie it at 4-4 and and honestly Daniel I think contrary to the score which was a little bit uh over over inflated based off mistakes and, and just the way that the game played I think a fair result at a draw um, which is a which is saying a lot for Chelsea uh given you know who they were playing up against and and recent form so a big weekend for us and uh, I think honestly, more questions for for Man City here than from Chelsea's perspective. Answered a couple that were you know outstanding after the Spurs win. You know, was that a real win? Uh, playing against nine men, I think we kind of bounced back and and proved pretty well that that was a you know a good performance and that the Chelsea squad is on the up and up. And like I said, uh, not that there's any question that Chelsea and City are on the same level yet. Uh, that's a far cry away from each other, but definitely a lot of questions for Man City coming out of this one. If I'm Pep Guardiola. Absolutely. And just a stat real quick before I kind of discuss my commentary. Chelsea in the Premier League this season, goals against the big six, 11 goals in four games. Goals versus everyone else, 10 goals in eight games. Is there a certain rhyme or reason to this, Matt, or is this just they just come to come to play on the big occasion? Yeah, I think I think, and I tweeted this off my personal account, um, Life of Gessel. This is the standard that we have to play at every week now. I think um, it's time to 
to stop doing exactly what you're talking about, only playing up to the competition and the big six, arguably. Uh, it, it, if we can do this week in, week out, Chelsea will move up the table. Uh, you're starting to see some other teams in front of us drop points or have injury concerns and, and kind of give us an opportunity. I think, you know, you laughed at me a little bit earlier in the season when I said top six, and I still stand by it, even though I, I don't realistically think that that happens. I think there's an outside shot at it, and it's becoming more and more likely. Uh, but you look at it, you know, tie against Liverpool, tie against Arsenal, beat Spurs, tie against City, you know, so the, the, the talent is there, as we all know. It's just a matter of the consistency and and whether Poach can get the youngsters. Because keep in mind, third youngest squad in the Premier League this year, so a lot of youngsters and get them to play up to that level every week in week out, and uh, we'll see what happens. But this is a huge step, and like I said, this is the standard that Chelsea have to play at from going forward. If they can do that, uh, we'll see what happens and and be on the lookout for years to come. This is a young squad that has a lot of talent that's starting to put some pieces together. Absolutely, and. When when you get these fixtures that are just big two two big teams that have an incredible amount of talent, these games are usually decided by individual errors. And and boy, did we see a couple um, this weekend. You know, Ederson comparable on that bad rebound, if not the corner as well. Two penalties um, in the match as well. It was a lot of yellow cards dished out, but it was a it was a classic prim match, and I enjoyed every second of it. And uh, it shows me that, you know, maybe City aren't as good as everyone's giving them credit for. And, you know, Chelsea go up and get punched in the mouth and then come back swinging. And, and that's what you like to see if you're a Chelsea fan, the character to come back. Because, you know, you go down one or two, it, it could get ugly for you. And it's good to see that you guys had the, that fight in you. Now to kind of rotate over to another Premier League match, um, Liverpool. You know, they, they do handle business against Brentford, a 3-0 win. Very comfortable for the most part. I mean, Brentford did have a couple chances here and there, but for the most part, it was a one-horse race the entire time. And not that much to to kind of talk about here. I'm just kind of glad we bounced back after two abysmal um, away appearances. Yeah, and moves you up to second place in the table too. So, um, you're you know, you're starting to see the, the top squads, which we knew Liverpool was going to be strong this year. Um, after bounce, you know, a real difficult season last year. And so, um, you know, within one point, I believe, of, of City now going into the international break. So a big a big clash, too, coming out of that. Uh, Man City-Liverpool right out of the gate next two weeks' time. Uh, it is the early game yet again after international break, so I'm sure Klopp will have something to say in the press conference. But uh, that, you know, if you're City, you have two big games in a row, and, and if you're Liverpool, this is a game you absolutely have to have. And a good result going into it. You never want to go into an international break uh, with a loss. Um, and so, you know, City did that against Arsenal before the last one. They get a draw this one. So two two really um, high-class quality opponents going to go to war uh, when we come back in, in two weeks' time. It's going to be a good one. I believe it's at, at uh, Anfield, or is it on the road? I actually have not checked because I don't even want to have to think about that for, for a good it's, week. It's Just... at it's at the Etihad, so it'll be a home match for, for City. So, uh, again, a, a, just an absolute – if we thought this past weekend was game of the week, this could be game of the year, if not maybe one of the games of the Premier League history because when these two go, to, go against each other, it's always a classic. Yeah, it, those are my favorite games to watch for sure um, throughout, you know, the Klopp and Pep. Uh, era together now to to kind of rotate and do another team that's kind of challenging you know City and Liverpool Arsenal comfortable W against Burnley um, they did 
you know, first half was a little shaky until literally stoppage time of the 45th minute. Trossard kind of risks risks it all for for that goal, but uh, they were stifled for for a long time in this match. And you were thinking maybe uh, you know, company's men could nick one on the break and and, and get a shock result, but now Arsenal hold steadfast and and get a much needed three points. Yeah, and of course you get a wonder goal from uh, Zinchenko late in the game. Uh, the red card from Fabio Vieira will be will that play an impact um, long term? Just going to be out a really horrific uh, tackle that was not needed at that point in the game. So he gets three games for that. Uh, but yeah, to your point, not much here. Arsenal was pretty comfortable. I think um, Burnley is still at the bottom, and then they'll stay there for the rest of the season. Is my belief at this point, but. Um, you're just looking at, you know, who can kind of stay above and stay within touching distance of Liverpool and City. Uh, I think Arsenal, you know, with Spurs losing yet again to, to Wolves, I think Arsenal's that third team. And and then you're going to start to see a little bit of a, a, a gap between fourth to probably seventh that, you know, you're all fighting for that that last European spot that matters. Not that um, Europa or Conference League don't matter, but everyone's fighting for that Champions League spot. So I think you're kind of looking at that top three group uh, and then and then a, a good separation uh, after that. Completely agree. And you mentioned Spurs, the darlings, you could say, of the Premier League so far this season with you know their new manager, Ange Postacoglu, getting yet another manager of the month award. And they, you know, those absences were felt. You know, Van de Ven, Romero, Madison, just to name a few. And they, they did go up and uh, kind of collapsed late in, in stoppage time. And the Molyneux, like we always say, is a tough place to play. And yet we were right with our predictions that Wills were going to a result here. And they're just separating themselves from the relegation area. As we mentioned, relegation area, Everton, Forest, Fulham are outside of the area. Everton has ran into some good form recently, but are you worried about Forrest and Fulham kind of treading, you know, say three to five points above the bottom three or four? Forrest, not so much. My concern for Fulham is they can't score. Um, And we've seen what happened to teams that can't score in this league. And and eventually that catches up with you. I think there's enough talent at Fulham. I think Marco Silva can find a way to kind of get that team um, across the line. I think Everton are clear. I don't think there's any concern now at this point with given how bad the bottom three slash four are. Um, But you make a good point about Forrest. I think they have just enough firepower though. Uh, Similarly with, with Fulham now, you know, Bournemouth get a huge result. They have a massive game as well. Talk about another game. Uh, coming out of the break, they play Sheffield United right out of the gate. So a six-pointer there that can separate them and give them some room. Uh, and then you're really, then you're really looking if Bournemouth can get a result there, you're really looking at the bottom three just kind of being on their own. Um, and and at that point, once that happens, it's just inevitable that they kind of fester all the way down. And um, this conversation of the bottom three kind of automatically eliminates itself or reduces itself based off that. So uh, Sheffield has to keep Bournemouth within touching distance. And then that kind of cascades into what Fulham and Nottingham Forest do. But if if all three of those teams, Forest, Fulham, and Bournemouth have, you know, six-point separation from the bottom, they're not going to go down, uh, regardless of how bad they are. And speaking of Bournemouth for Sheffield, that also sounds like an absolute snoozer of yes. a match. But I, I have been very big on, or I was very complimentary of Iriola and, and his football. Um, you know, 
before the season, kind of early in the season, it seems like that football is clicking now and we've seen results. I mean, even in the EFL Cup where they lost to Liverpool, they looked really good and that pressing was was uh, genial, I guess is how you'd say that. Um, so I, I've been I'm impressed with them and and I think they are doing enough to, to stay up. And you also mentioned Fulham need a striker. Well, selling Mitrovic wasn't the answer and I'm sure they're going to go looking um, in January for one of those because um Vinicius is not isn't isn't going to be enough so also just to mention Man U uh beat Luton narrowly and Sheffield did get a gigantic draw against Brighton um thanks to a Brighton red card so big result for Sheffield they turned one into two um and uh we'll see if they can keep it rolling now the to switch countries here um to to the Bundesliga like we usually do Stop me if I'm saying this again, but, you know, Bayern win, uh, and there were a lot of goals scored. Never heard that this year. <laughs> yeah, 4-2 thriller. You know, Kane, is he better than Lewandowski for Bayern? Because he has started red hot. Man, that's a loaded question. Um, I mean, we could give it a season. We could give yeah, it a season. But yeah, I'm give it a season. And obviously, Harry Kane's a special striker, right? He he's younger than Lewandowski is. Although you, Lewandowski in his prime, I think they would both be very comparable to strikers. That that that's my question. Sorry. Yeah. Like I, I, when he was switching over from Dortmund to Bayern, compared to this Kane, where no, it's a fair. At? It's a fair. It's fair. I mean, Kane is just like I said, an absolutely special generational player. I think. You're starting to see that now. Of course, we all knew it. But when you play for Spurs, who at that time were really the third, maybe fourth best team in the in the league, in your own domestic league, you weren't getting all that attention, even though he was starting for England and he was, you know, making all the plays for Tottenham. But they weren't they weren't the team. You, you always focus on the team that's winning the championship or um, you know, always at the top, and Tottenham just weren't weren't that. So you kind of overlooked how good Harry Kane was when he was at Spurs, except for if you were a Spurs fan and you just really recognized it because you watched it week in and week out. I'm going on and on because I, it, it's such a hard conversation to have, but I think I take Kane just barely because he does a little bit more. He can come back, play that 10 role, kind of distribute to, to those guys as well, where, where Lewandowski is more of a true number nine poacher in the box. Not that he doesn't have the skill. The goal they scored, you know, in in, in the Barcelona game, which we'll get to, is phenomenal. Uh, Kane probably does not have that ability off the head, although it's, you know, questionable. But Kane does more for me um, with the ball and off the ball than Lewandowski. So I'd take Kane. But, they're, I mean, you're, you're picking picking needles in the haystack here. And, and this Bayern team is just phenomenal. On paper, starting to put it together on the field. You know, Neuer's back in goal, which was a, a – a position of concern heading into the season, especially with Somer leaving. Uh, of course, he's you know he's rusty, but when when they're that good and they're beating up everybody in, in Bundesliga, he has time to get back into form. And when he's still on form, he's still one of the best goalies in the world. So um, they're just going to continue to get better. And of course, they have some issues at the back, but I think those will come come through. And and of course, they're looking at players in January, which that window is quickly approaching us here. So um, you know they'll they'll be fine. And I think they. They have a, a, another opportunity to go to 13. Or I, I believe it's 13 in a row or 12 in a row. So um, it, what can you say about Byron? Next week, another win probably. Yeah, uh, you're, you're definitely right about that. And and I did like 
a lot what you had to say about the differences, you know, between Kane and, and Lewandowski as a player. Lewandowski, you, you give him the ball and he just puts it in the back of the net. Kane has this talent of, of getting other people involved as well. And you've seen, you know, was Son and Kane one of the best partnerships ever in the Prem? Well, now we have a new duo here with Leroy Zane. And Leroy has had a, a really bipolar Bayern career. You know, people were calling for his head last year after he came from Manchester City. The number 10 of the club, you know, a German international who who really was struggling. And he has just hit the ground running since uh, Harry Kane has came. And, and, you know, Bayern are absolutely loving it and enjoying the fruits of that labor. So I completely agree with you on that one. And uh, as we and don't don't forget it, by the way, that they have another guy up front that runs off them as well named uh uh, what's his name? Uh, Jamal Musiala. He's not too bad yeah. of a player himself, too. So, not too shabby. You know, when you have those guys flying by you and Harry's playing more of that 10 and and feeding it off to both of them and making their lives easier, then then Kane or uh, Sané and, and Musiala can show up what they can do. And like you said, Sané is one of the most talented, if not arguably the most talented winger in the sport right now. Um, you know, and it's just a matter of can he can do it consistently. We've talked about that with top players like Dembele before, with you know, with um, you know, other players, Rafinha that were part of that kind of upper upper echelon of wingers, Riyad Mahrez in the past for Man City, and and Sane was part of that that side at, at City, and Pep saw, hey, you know what, he's not going to be giving me that consistency, and and uh, your Julian Nagelsmann said it as well on on the German team when he played him, he's. I see it, but he doesn't do it every week. And and you're starting to see it this every week this year. And um, he's a special, special player. Hitting his prime, uh, you know. And the scary thing about this Byron side is, you know, Musiala hasn't even kind of hit hit stride yet. You've seen flashes of brilliance from him, but he was just a different animal last year. And so Tuchel is going to be, obviously, trying to figure out how to get the best out of him continually. And and we're talking about good wingers. you you got to mention Kingsley Coman as well, who's – had a great season, just been a little overshadowed by the brilliance of Kane and Sané. But, you know, we, we, we talk about who's going to win this Bundesliga um, title. Leverkusen absolutely lay the wood on Union 4-0. was not even a question the entire game. Um, and we were kind of discussing offline about, is Leverkusen the real deal? Can they actually take Bayern all the way this time? And I wanted to ask you that because I would love to have this discourse uh, right now. I do think that it'll be close. I think it'll it may not go down to the last match like it did against Dortmund last year. I think I think Bayern have a little too much firepower. Um, of course, we've talked about it, and I can't wait for that matchup when they play against each other again. That's really going to be the, the decider of the uh, Bundesliga this year. But it's it's just too much talent um on, on Bayern Munich and I think they they find a way they'll they'll squeak out wins if they need to and then when they play the big games that's when they'll make the difference and that's what we saw against Dortmund where they just showed up and and absolutely outclassed them I think Dortmund are in a different category this year with just how poor they've been and and the hangover and all the emotion that came from last year losing on the final day I think that's part of it but um Bayer Leverkusen are, are a great team they have fantastic young players they're playing a great style of play that's it's flashy it's fun to watch uh shabby ball as we call it is the real deal i think it's going to be a great race to the end but i think Bayern munich have a little bit too much firepower this year as usually is the case just on paper you're looking at you know starters across the entire 
you know, German national team, French national, all the big domestic, all the big European players, they have the starters um, for those nations. And so that's going to be, to me, the decider. Now, if if that game goes differently at Leverkusen, let's talk about it then. But if you're asking me on November 13th, um, and, and even though Bayern's two points behind, it's hard to go against history, um, you know, and that's and that's what they continue to do each year is, is win this title. And until someone knocks off, you know, the monster, you, you got to take them as much as it pains me to say. And I've tried, tried so many times this year already to say another team was going to do it. I just can't, I can't convince myself at this point. Absolutely. And, and records are meant to be broken, right? And I just am seeing something from this Leverkusen team that I have never seen in the last decade of, of competing. Um, not only do they have a, a great, fantastic starting 11 who's in full confidence, but they got guys off the bench that are just waiting to play. And when they do play, they score, which gives Xavi Alonso an absolute headache. We're talking, I mean, Adli, we're talking Hoslek, we're talking a guy who scored an absolute banger who was the star for Burnley last year, Nathan Tella. Now, I will say, if Grimaldo or Frimpong did get injured, they lack a little bit of depth at the outside back, and that's probably the most important position on the pitch other than probably Vertz's number 10 position. But they still – I don't think anyone gives them credit for how much depth they actually have, and that's why I like them challenging um, Bayern more than anyone else because we all knew if Dortmund, if Jude went down last year, it's, it's a wrap. So uh, that's the one edge they have other than, than in past years. But – you know, it's so early to call, but we also need help or not. We, I'm, I'm not a Leverkusen fan in particular, but Leverkusen need help from everyone else. They, exactly. Someone else That's the problem, to, right? Exactly. That's the, that's the heart of the issue. And, and Dortmund yeah. literally rolled over a couple weekends ago. And that's the shit that can't happen. We need Leipzig. You need, you need Dortmund. You need the other big, you even need like a, a middle like le- uh, table team to, to kind of shock them one day. And we just haven't seen that. So And let me ask you a quick question, though, too. Like, just again, it's so early. We'll have plenty of discussion about this. Who is better right now, Leverkusen this year or Dortmund more last year? Because that, again, Dortmund took them as far as they've gone, and that's Byron in in recent history down to the last game of the year, and they still couldn't pull it off. So, is this Bayer Leverkusen better than last year's Dortmund team, or or where do that sit? Because that's going to be, and then to your point, like I said earlier it's the other teams that are going to have to play a role in this because if, if Byron just play the big three games and they've won everything else going into that, you know, what's going to happen. So yeah. they're going mm-hmm. to need to slip up somewhere else as well. Yeah. Leverkusen is the best team I've seen in the Bundesliga other than all these Byron historic Byron sides genuinely. Um, maybe the only one to rival in the last decade was uh, Klopp's Dortmund when he had, you know, Marco Royce and Lewandowski and Mario Goetze and Hummels and, and all those fantastic players. But yeah, just to move on, um, cause, but I appreciate, I'm glad we got to talk this out a little bit. Um, Leipzig, you know, another team that we need, you know, someone to knock Dortmund or Bayern off their perch, they win comfortably, but are you convinced with Marco Rosa? I know you picked them to win the league. So I was wondering a little status update there. No, they're out. Uh, they're out of it. Um, I think it's really a two team race. Uh, Dortmund losing as well to Stuttgart, who um, got Garassi back, and he gets a, a PK goal off the bench. Um, this is a two-horse race. Um, Marco Rosa, 
I said this to you in text. He, he couldn't get it done at Dortmund. He couldn't get it done anywhere else he's been to beat Bayern Munich. So why would you bring him into Leipzig and, and think he's going to do the same? And a club that's been progressing and getting better year after year. And then you take a, a step at bringing someone in like Rosa, who, again, who has the track record of not doing it, didn't, never made sense to me. Um, but, you know, they'll they'll finish third or fourth and get back into the Champions League, which will be, given the start of this season, a good place for them. They're not winning the title this year. They're too far back. And same with Dortmund. Um, it's really just down to, to Bayern, Bayern at this point. I agree with you. And, and Rosa's always going to do just enough to keep fans happy and the club happy, but he's never going to take you to that next step. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they they monitor that situation this year and next year in the future if they do have a, a small blip of form. But uh, to rotate over to sunnier, sunnier league in, in Spain, Girona, go down again. They end up scoring two straight goals again, and they win. Yet another game. Same story, different week. Any thoughts on Girona? I'm in. I'm in. They've sold me. This is going to happen. They're going to win the league. <laughs> I'm convinced. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. This story is fantastic, Daniel. Um, it's, it's of course, not going to end the way that we all want it to, although it might. Look at Leicester City a couple of years ago. But um, great story, great way they're playing right now. I think they're 11-1-1, one one, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I mean, what can you say? They're, they're atop the table going into the international break in November. I don't think anyone in their right mind would have thought that that would have been the case, but they got some, they got some heavyweights breathing down their neck and they're not, they're not going down too easily yet. And speaking of heavyweights, Madrid absolutely crush Valencia. Another huge game for Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo, as we talked about it on the last show on the show before, we need these two players to step up. If Real Madrid are, are going to be legitimate in the league, Vinny with two goals, Rodrigo with an absolute masterclass performance of two goals, two assists. Jude Bellingham wasn't even on the pitch. You had um, Diaz sub in for him, and he stepped up in a big way, and they put five past Valencia. Any any thoughts on it's, this? I mean, it's Valencia too. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, bottom half team in, in La Liga right now. I think they sit 11th. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, you're asking for two of your your stars to to step up, and uh, boy, have they delivered! You know, Rodrigo, two goals, two assists. What can you? I mean, the kid. We forget both of these kids are still kids. I mean, Rodrigo is only 22 years old. Vinny's the same age, if not younger. Um, you know, they're just they're just playing out of their minds right now, and Ancelotti's got them humming. And um, boy, does he need it! He's found a way, as he always does. And, and you know, Danny Carvajal throws in a goal as well uh, to just kind of bring his total up, you know, more this season coming out of, out of the left wing back position. So, um, yeah, I mean, you kind of figure they were going to, they were going to dominate Valencia and they did. And um, it's just good to see both Vinny and, and Rodrigo putting behind and, and aside all the issues off the field or, you know, issues with the manager of how to play him or whatever. Um, and, and really just delivering on the field and, and putting the ball in the back of the net, which is what, you know, uh, Madristas want and that's what they're delivering. So. Speaking of Madrid's wanting stuff, there's another big team here that are not so happy with their team and their manager right now. Barca kind of slide by Alaves. They go down early. I mean, this kid, 19 years old, who scored for Alaves, could have had a hat trick in the first half. Things were looking very shaky. And then Lewandowski 
for one of the first times this season, really put the team on his back and got two much-needed goals. International break is coming at a good time for the Lagrana because they are getting healthy, and it'll give you know Pedri, Frankie, Rafinha, Lewandowski time to kind of rest and get match fit. But do you have any thoughts about this before I ask you uh, another big question? I'm kind of hitting you with these big questions today. I know. Forgive me. Yeah, I appreciate that. Under the weather, asking just haymakers here. Um, is there something to worry about? Yes, they're third. Um, they're dropping points week in, week out. They start slow. Um, what else can I throw into that mix? It's not a good place to start if you're Xavi, uh, but they end up finding a way to get a lot of results, um, which is you know keeping things going. I think Champions League's on their mind too once they kind of I think there's a big pressure there, honestly. Without, I haven't really thought of it that way, to be honest. But if they can get through to the knockout, which they look to be comfortable to do, that's a big step already from where they were last year in Champions League. So an improvement in Europe, which has been a, a big knock on this team. Um, and then you can kind of focus and kind of get into that routine and that settled you know, cadence of how your matches are going to kind of line up. And you said getting healthy, which would be big. And I think also you're just looking at a, um, an interesting transition, right, from – the older generation to the youngsters and really kind of getting those youngsters uh, comfortable. They're not just playing youngsters in one or two positions like Madrid. They're playing youngsters basically at every position minus Lewandowski. So, um, you know, there's a different kind of learning curve for some of these kids, even though you look at a player like Javi and, and Pedri have played a hundred plus games, but they're still 20 and 21 years old. So, you know, you're looking at kind of development and growth. Um, but yeah, I think they will be okay. I don't think they It'll be a tough task to win the league this year. I will say that. But I think they they secure top four, maybe top two, um, given, you know, whatever happens with Atleti. But yeah, I don't think they're I don't think they're left in the trophy this year. Uh and and I could be proven wrong, but we'll see. Yeah, they still do have the Copa del Rey they can challenge and and obviously it's not over yet because Girona's staying at top, but they're not too uh, Barcelona's not too uh, far behind them and Madrid, but I did have a quick question that we could just briefly um, address here. Do you think Xavi's a top five manager? Like I said, haymakers left and right. Um, and this was not on the rundown, by the way, folks. You just threw this one at me. So, um, you know what? I, top five manager, like top five across all of Europe. Yep. I'm going to say no. I'm going to agree with you here. Um, um, I think not that he's a bad manager, but top five manager, there's a lot of really good managers out there that, you know, kind of are at a different level right now. Um, but, you know, he won La Liga last year. And now, I don't know. He's probably in that next echelon for me, but he was such a big name at Barcelona. That it was the right call, the right move at the time to get him in with all the turmoil, turmoil they had. And he was having success, of course, in Saudi league as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's a top five manager right now. I think he's got potential, but he's not there at the moment. Yeah. And he's still young and, and still learning. And he, when, when they hired Xavi um, from the Qatar league, they, Qatar they league, needed, you. they, no, you're good. They needed a culture. They needed culture. And they were going through a very rough time as figureheads were leaving left and right like Leo Messi and and he established the, the Barcelona way and and brought up the La Masia and made youngsters. So he's done a lot of good things. And I think fans are too too I don't know, too easy just kind of hating on him right now. 
but I do not. I I do also think that he's not a top five manager. And if you're one of the biggest, if not the biggest club in the world, you need to have a top five manager, if not the best manager in the world. Um, so that's definitely going to be an interesting thing to keep a lookout for the next couple of years. Is he going to be the long-term Barca manager? But I did just want to hit you with that haymaker real quick. Now, just to quickly go over, you know, the rest of Spain, Atletico Madrid, leave it late against Villarreal, uh, a nice three, one win here. Grizu, 32 years old, eight goals, one assist. How much longer do you think his beautiful career Atletico is going to continue for? First of all, we have to get, Grizu in the in the vernacular. I've never heard anyone call him that. I don't think he calls himself that. So we'll get that going. I like that for him. Um, Thank you. And I don't know how much longer he has in European football. I know he's a huge fan of the United States. MLS will probably be his next destination from all uh, signs and what he's been kind of putting out there. Uh, watch out for New York City FC. No inside information there. He's just a big, a big fan of the United States. And I think New York would. He's a basketball guy, a culture guy. I can see him big, on a coast. big markets. Yeah, big, big markets. markets on a coast, West Coast, East Coast. Uh, maybe you know, probably not joining Miami. Although who knows? Uh, two years, he'll be thirty-four. He'll have one more cycle with the French national team for the Euros, uh, the summer, and then yeah, I don't know. He may he may take another shot at the World Cup um, in twenty-six. That would be a great. You know, that could be perfect. Ends his yeah. international ends his uh, you know European career that summer. Goes and plays for for. Uh, France and the World Cup in 2026 and just never leaves. Uh, so that could be a, a good time. So f- three or four years, maybe max. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree with you. And and I mean, as long as he continues his dazzling form, I think Athletic Playing would, fantastic. would, would Absolutely love out to, of his mind. Would love to keep him, obviously, because um, he's kind of been Simeone's guy for, for a long time now. Now, just to quickly hit on the rest of Spain. Um, so Athletic Club win in absolute. You know, thriller on Friday. It was a great match against Celta Vigo. Not what I expected from the match. It was like three or four lead changes, a missed penalty, and then a last-second penalty to give Athletic Club the the win here. They're four points behind Madrid, and then you know Real Sociedad win, and and they're a couple, uh, they're six points back off the fourth, which is really tough because they've been absolutely fantastic. And then your darlings, Real Betis, with a with a draw that that put them in seventh. Not much to say here, but I did want to just hit on, you know, the rest of the world since we did get into a little bit longer discourse about, you know, the top three. Now, hey, take take Girona out of it, and our fourth place position would have been a great battle for this for this one. But uh, Girona yeah. has kind of made that a little bit non on non discussion at this point. And we talked about, you know, their their method of winning right now is not sustainable. So we'll see if you know a blip comes, then then th- that could really hurt them, and they're just kind of going off such like abundance of confidence. So we'll see if that continues. I mean, the coach has done a fantastic job and we should do a deep dive on him uh, soon, but going to Siri, uh, enter, you know, churn out wins, keep it going. The well-oiled machine, they beat Frosione two nil, uh, DeMarco with an absolute peach of a goal from like almost halfway. Definitely didn't mean to do it, but Hey, when it comes off like that, who, who, who keeps a shit, honestly. Yeah. You don't say much. You just, Tip your cap, your cap and, go, and yes. go to the and go to the center line, but uh, that was not intentional. If he tells you otherwise, he is lying. Um, <laughs> but a good result. I mean, Inter just continues to win, like you said, and um, you know they're they're top of the table, two points clear of Juventus, and uh, Juventus starting to separate themselves from AC Milan, who cannot 
continue to win and and they got the big result against PSG in the Champions League but struggle uh in domestic form so uh this is as we said at the top you know a two horse race uh but not the two teams that I thought was going to be the case Daniel and um you know I think it's starting to look like it really is going to be a two horse race you're looking at you know Rafael Leal got injured as well Christian Pulisic who was hurt in the midweek so you know some key players out from Milan already and uh, Pioli's been struggling. How how long is he going to be there? And then Juventus have have really looked good under Allegri this year, regardless of what you think of Allegri ball. They've been one of the perennial contender title contenders year in, year out for the last you know decade in, in Serie A. So they're starting to find some form. And so I think it's going to be, you know, and again, this is the beauty of of the, the sport of a long season. Uh, things change. We thought it was going to be Inter and AC Milan at the beginning, and now we're week 11 and it's Inter and Juve, uh, who will be the the last man standing at the end of the season? We'll see, but uh, it's a good battle right now for sure, and needed because the rest of Syria is kind of beating itself up. I agree more, and, and you mentioned beating yourself up. Napoli are still probably hungover from you know the delight of last season, winning for the first time in you know around thirty years. Um, they not only lost it at home but they lost against the worst team in Serie A. A good friend of Rudy Garcia's, Empoli. Um, could not believe they lost. Watched the second half of this match. Um, I mean, the keeper for Empoli completely kept them in it, and then they just kind of grabbed one late from an absolute banger. Um, so, and there's already rumors about Garcia's days are numbered. I think by the time we record next podcast, he will be gone. Um, not a bet, not this is the best time to do this with an international break, get the troops in order, let the new manager come in, kind of, you know, express his beliefs and how they want to play. And it gives them plenty of time to organize before their next match. Um, so this is going to be uh, really interesting to see if Napoli can get that new manager bounce and, and get back to winning ways. Yeah. It would be their third manager this season, of course, with the late departure of uh, uh, Spalletti, Spalletti. Uh, you know, at the, at the summer um, so Garcia era probably over, like you said, at the time of recording, he's still there. Uh, but it's a it's a strange time. Um, you know, they're fighting for fourth place with with At- Atalanta, Fiorentina, uh, Roma get a draw. We did call a zero zero, like we said, and that happened in that match against Lazio. So all those teams are inching closer to that fourth spot with Napoli, and that's gonna be a battle. And don't count AC Milan out of that race right now, too, the way they've been playing. I think they still fine. They still fine, they're still fine. Uh, and they still finish in that, you know, third third position long term. But uh, you have to look at it for what it is right now. And, and that fourth playoff spot for for Champions League is is anyone's game between those four five teams. I would say. Did you have a good nap during Roma and Lazio? Oh man, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> I don't even think I missed anything. I woke up and it was uh, three shots on goal total. So no, I definitely didn't miss anything in that. An ab- absolute Mourinho masterclass in in the heart of Rome. Now. Pivot to rest of the world as we usually do. First, I wanted to talk about Mbappe's masterclass at PSG. You were asking me last week, hey, is this the year or is this the week that they kind of move up to first? And I, I told you no. Um, but I was kind of worried about it and it was a half hearted no. Um, but you were right. They did. You know, they absolutely killed Rums. And uh, after 12 games, they are finally numero uno in Ligue 1. Well, numero uno is not how we would say it, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is, mixing that was, mixing that languages, bad. but that's that okay. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to happen. Nice could not keep up with the pressure that PSG were going to put on them for the entire season. It was only a matter of time. And Mbappe getting the, the hat trick, you know, just seals it. And, uh, of course, everything that's going on with Luis Enrique after the match as far as Mbappe's play and what he could do for the team is a different story altogether. But on the pitch, gets the hat trick. And, uh, so, basically, Luis Enrique was saying that he's not that impressed with Mbappe's three goals and could do more for the squad, which I agree with. Um, you know, it could be more defensive. He could come back and support a different, a different time for a different episode. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think he's still the best striker in the, well, one of the best strikers in the world right now. Uh, and, and of course you're playing in the farmer's league a little bit, but still got to applaud the guy. And, um, another round of applause is due for Lyon who get their first win, Daniel. I know we applauded, uh, Sheffield for them. So we'll give a little round of applause for Lyon. They're still at the bottom. Uh, but you know, they're, they're climbing in their way out. And I know you're very high on, on not seeing Leon, a squad of their size go down. So it was good to see them get a result. Yeah. And, and the fact that they barely even got a result, I mean, the run went down, you know, red card very early in the match, I think within 20 minutes and it took all the way to the 70th minute to, to get that. And Ren didn't even play like they were down a man for the majority of this match. So, I mean, Leon better figure it out, better figure it out soon. Um, but hey, a win's a win. Winning might cure all, and they could put a couple together. Then uh, I, I definitely don't think they get relegated. But still, still concerning, um, concerning times. Now we we switch over to the um, Portuguese league. Benfica with a gigantic, gigantic. Can't even understate how big this win was for them against their rivals and neighbors, Sporting Lisbon. Um, Lisbon score early and. Uh, Benfica bounced back in with two extra time goals, and now they have our level on points with Lisbon, and they are slightly above with goal differential after being abysmal in the Champions League campaign so far. Boy, did Roger Schmidt need this! Any 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 commentary on this one? Abysmal was the word I was thinking before you even said it about Champions League, and so. To see them atop the table is is so contrary to what you've seen in Champions League, the way they've played, and a big result. And you know we've talked about this league very much in the past. It's Sporting, Benfica, and Porto. Uh, you know your top three teams, and you're fighting it out for the Champions League. And now, uh, even though they play so poorly in the Champions League this year, Benfica will be back next year, just given the way they're playing. And it was a big result. Uh, it's a big a big Lisbon derby. Uh, no love, no love lost between those two sides for sure. Nope, nope, absolutely. And just to hit on another league, the Dutch league, PSV are now seven points ahead of everyone. That league looks done and dusted, but I mean, they play some pretty football, no doubt. And uh, Ajax, can they get top eight? They threw away three points this weekend at the last second, um, but they are climbing their way out. They're out of the relegation zone, like we. Like we said, and we knew this was going to happen eventually, but they are definitely not the team they usually are. No, I mean uh, we've you know you can't they're not going to change overnight too. Um, they they lucky to well I don't say lucky they had the lead they they squandered it late so they get they a, point a out lot of, that. of chances too. They did they did but um, yeah you'd hope to see them kind of get better. They they of course have a game that's been abandoned or postponed that they they have to finish up at at some point too. So there's potentially three more points for them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, from where they were, how dire it was, how much I thought it was automatic they were going down, they've ridden the ship a little bit. 
it's going to take them time to get back up. I think they said 12th or something like that on the table now. Yeah. Um, so they'll, you know, they'll probably still finish in the top six, but um, it was pretty dire there for a minute. And, uh, but it's, it's the bit, it's Amsterdam. There's no way that this club was going to have such a, a debacle, a shit show that it was going to cost them everything. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. And, and the Johan Cruyff arena, there's no way in this era that they're going to go down. There's just no way. And they kind of go um, to kind of where we're at right now. MLS, they are in uh, playoffs right now. And uh, the results that we haven't touched on since we last recorded, Columbus eliminate Atlanta with another 4-2 game. Just you know, flip-flop the teams. Um, so they kind of bump our our neighbors out here and love that. Um, as well as Houston advances on PKs. It's a very tight three-game series with RSL. Um Columbus is going to face Orlando in the semis, and um, Houston is going to face Sporting Kansas City. Um, we can kind of hit on 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 our next show what who we how we think these matchups are going to shake out. But I at least wanted to mention them before we moved on. So that is our kind of recap of this weekend. On the other side of the break, we are going to talk XI of the week, player of the week, young player of the week, and then quickly recap my best bets from this weekend. Just as a reminder, please like, subscribe, download, re-download, and rate our podcast so, as like I said, we can spread the brand. Um, and follow us on Twitter at Full Time Roundup. You can follow my lovely host, Matt, at Life of Gesslin, and me at CLTFC, or Liverpool, excuse me, CLTFC. We will be right back. Welcome back, everyone. If you are still listening, we are about to discuss our XI of the week. Matthew, can you take us from the goalkeeper in the defense? I sure can. Of course, just to recap, we do a 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, most of our picks are around players that had uh, stats in the matchup, but also sometimes some players that just are, are just balling out there, and we have to recognize those. They are uh, picked together. So Daniel and I jointly picked these 11. Please interact with us on X at Full Time Roundup to let us know if we missed anyone, of course, we're trying to watch as much of the games as we can, but there's just so many players out there, so many guys doing and, and balling out, and so we would love to hear from you. But I digress, and to take us in the back, Philip Kahn from Monaco, who had five saves. He had a late PK save as well that saved the game for Monaco, and then, of course, gets that clean sheet. So um, he's the goalkeeper. Got to take that, especially, you know, Daniel loves a PK save, and when you get one late, you gotta give that. You gotta give his flowers. Uh, in the back, we'll go with Victor Lindelof with the game winner for Manchester United, a f- bouncy kind of choppy goal, but hey, gets the job done. One goal, game winner. Add him to the back line. Additionally, uh, Mikalenko from Everton had a great game. He's been form has been fantastic of late. He gets a goal as well in that matchup. A big result for Everton. Uh, and then Kosu Nunu. I probably am butchering that. But close to close to new, close to new. Um, I spelled from, it really badly. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, from Bayer Leverkusen gets the goal uh, in their game as well. So uh, again, in this instance, we had three defenders in the back who had who had goals. Um, not always the case, but uh, this was a, a fun week for the defenders to fly up there and and add their their contributions to the games this weekend. And now for the midfielder, someone who's not, as Matt would say, new new. Um, is James Ward-Prowse, two assists, both on free kicks. Lead out from the account, 
Um, and we could definitely have this conversation at a different time. Is he the best dead ball specialist we've had since David Beckham? Other than obviously Messi because, you know, Messi's Messi. But, um, man, can he strike a dead ball at any top part of the pitch? And it could be a goal or an assist. Um, second, player who I haven't mentioned or we haven't mentioned yet, um, really, but he has been on the radars of lots of big clubs. Zubin Indy, the defensive mid for Real Sociedad. You know, bon, uh, Barca, Madrid, all the top six Premier League clubs, as well as Bayern, them are all mentioning him. So uh, he had a goal, and he has just been in tremendous form. Uh, the other midfielder, Mario Lamina for Wolves, one goal, went seven for nine in ground duels and three out of three with tackles. Just an absolute midfield destroyer. Gave Spurs a hell of a time. And then we have a name that you've seen quite a bit, Xavi Simmons, one goal, one assist, the absolute fulcrum of that Leipzig side. And without him, where would they be? Um, attackers, we already mentioned it with Mbappe, a hat trick. Lewandowski with a brace. And then Holland, who actually hasn't made this list as much as I thought he would this year. But, I mean, he continues to churn out goals and assists with two goals and assists in a gigantic game against Chelsea. Now, for player of the week, Matt, would you like to start us off? We talked about him earlier. He's been one of the best players on the planet since 2018, in my opinion. Antoine Griezmann, who has just been lights out, um, not just since 2018, more recently as well, but uh, just been lights out balling since the World Cup in Qatar. And just without him, I don't know where I thought he would be, to be honest, and, and just a fantastic player right now. Absolutely. And, and Matt, if you scored, would you do the the Fortnite? Antoine Griezmann L dance. Have you ever considered that? I think I, I think Griezmann's I think Griezmann's too cool for me, so I'll let him stick with that. Um, I, I I got nothing on that. Uh, that no, we won't even go there. Completely different generations here. I don't even think he probably knows what Fortnite is. But Speak my player, <laughs> my player of the week is Mohamed Salah, the Egyptian king, running down the right wing. As Liverpool uh, supporters always saying, he he's been back to his best. Hasn't scored many goals as of late. He's more of been the assist man, but uh, got two big ones here, and and you love to see it. For my young player of the week, a player I have not really mentioned on this, but I've been very high in, Jal Nebs, center defensive mid for Benfica. Last year, all you'd hear is Enzo Fernandez this, Florentino Luis this. Well, this kid's from the academy, 19 years old, and has completely usurped Florentino Luis's spot this year. Been fantastic. Already called up to the Portuguese national team at just age 19. He is a special talent, and I definitely uh, suggest you look at his highlight of the world on YouTube. For me, a player we mentioned as well, uh, and you, again, forget that he's as young as he is, Rodrigo, two goals, two assists at 22 years old. Kid's starting to find his form. Can say a kid, yes, he is 22 years old, uh, and he just – He's been balling out the last couple of weeks for Real Madrid, and uh, you hope that it continues, and you hope to see it as well for him at the, at the national stage. Of course, they have a big uh, qualification match against Argentina on Sunday, the last round of, of the international break, so can he show off there as well? We'll see, but certainly his form at Real Madrid has been fantastic for the last couple of weeks. Absolutely, and, and glad we got to go over you know Young Player of the Week, Player of the Week, and XI of the Week. If you think we missed anything, obviously – reach out to us on the show and let us know. And we could definitely have that discourse and make sure we add them in next week or whenever we next do this. Now, 
to pivot into another segment that we like to do. It is my bets, best bets review. Um, so just a recap, not a great weekend for me. Um, we did go down three units, um, you know, basically thanks to Manchester City. So the parlay, Juve, Manchester You're welcome. City, Barca. And, and Matt said Chelsea was going to lose. So obviously I should have just auto and done the complete opposite. Um, so thank you for that, Matt, for putting that into the the uh, the air, I guess, or the atmosphere. And so we lose one unit on the parlay. And then for the bets, bets, City minus one obviously didn't hit, but they overdid. Uh, Ren Leon over three was iced because of an early um, red card, which kind of stinks. That's going to happen, you know. And then BVB pick them. Could not believe, thought they were going to put two performances back to back together, and they unfortunately looked very bad against a Kurasi list uh, Stugart for most of the game. And and Stugart could have killed Dortmund, by the way. It was a disgraceful performance. And then Bayern Leverkusen over three against Union. They scored four goals themselves, so this was never really a sweat. Just to recap 31, 21, and eight still on best bets. 7 out of 12 with parlays, still up 23.25 units for the year, which is still pretty damn good. So not going to have any bets for international break, but I will have some bangers waiting for you guys um, on the tail end for domestically. Yeah, and you mentioned some great games coming out of the break, but of course we do have international break coming up. One of the conversations, Daniel, that we've been having is how to fill the international break. I think that's everyone's issue when it comes to international breaks this time of year. Uh, we will have something for you guys. It'll probably be more of a discussion about some of the topics that we've been churning out in our uh, text threads and, and in person, uh, as well as MLS. Daniel mentioned MLS is, will be in action still during the break. They're in the, the semifinals of the playoffs. They will not they actually be, take a break, which is crazy, right? That's a first. I would never have thought that. So uh, I stand corrected. But we will still have you know coverage of those matchups as they get you know towards the end of their season. Uh, and then, of course, like I said, we'll have some conversation that will be a little bit more just high-level football discussion that I think we've all wanted to have and been having in our heads. And Daniel and I will put that on paper to paper for you, pen to paper for you. Uh, but again, if you've gotten this far of the episode, thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, download wherever you get your podcast, leave us a five-star rating. It goes a long way. You can also engage with us on X at Full Time Roundup. Uh, you can interact with Daniel over on X at Liverpool CLPFC and myself at Life of Guessing. And until the next time, we will see you in the next roundup. <laughs>